song has anything to do with anything and the answer is not much not much actually you know what it might have a lot to do with it might have everything to do with everything sir that of course a tune called down under by a band called men at work lead singer colin hay very underrated band very underrated band a lot of good stuff um, who can it be now? Do, 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 do. Who can it be now? They have, um, I can't get to sleep. I think about the implications. That's a good song. A lot of good songs. Um, I think subconsciously, my mind was thinking, dude, you gotta play this song called Down Under, which is kind of like about being in a being a foreigner in a in a place that isn't your own. Um, and now I'm thinking about, whoa, I intended today as my main topic to discuss this uh, foreign aid bill that was just passed this morning um, that also was heavily tied to up until a couple days ago with the border bill. That was getting passed. So actually, the concept of the land down under and coming to a strange place is oddly relevant. That's mark a mark a point up for my subconscious. Mark a point. My subconscious is witty as hell. Damn, good going, subconscious me. Um, this is live from the studio, by the way. Uh, my name is Jimmy Seleski, and uh, as I mentioned, I did want to kind of talk about this because. Uh, it's kind of breaking news. Now, apparently, the Senate met on Super Bowl Sunday to kind of finalize this bill, and it was officially passed early this morning. Now, again, this is the Senate. Remember, this, the, remember, let me take you back to basic civics, you know, the, the cartoon with the bill sitting on, I'm just a bill. It originates in one of the two houses of Congress. Now, Congress is composed of the House of Representatives and the House of Senate. Every state gets two senators, and every state gets uh, at least one representative, but it's proportioned based off of their population. So the House of Representatives, of course, I hate to give you this um, breakdown of, of basic U.S. government, but... You'd be surprised how many people don't know this. Um, it's not a given for everybody. Um, so bear with me as I lay out the groundwork uh, very quickly. Uh, yes, again, House of Representatives is uh, 
a population-based body. There's like 400, 500 something representatives. States with higher populations have more representatives than states with smaller populations. That's one house of the Congress, the legislature. And then the Senate, every state is equally represented with two senators. This bill originated and was just passed in the Senate. I think the final count was 70 to 29, um, which means that it is technically what they're calling a bipartisan bill. I hate that term. I hate the term bipartisan. It doesn't mean what you think it means. When you when you hear the word bipartisan, I think I think the better term is unipartisan. Cuz cuz we've discussed in the past that the Democrats and the Republicans are merely a facade. It's an illusion of choice. The establishments of both of those parties are working for the same team. They're controlled by the same powers, the same money, the same everything. So when those two sides agree, you're fucked. The uniparty, not bipartisan, unipartisan. Not good. This bill used to, used to, keyword used to, um, deal with several uh, government spending things. Um, most notably for the past couple of weeks, the border crisis that is currently ongoing, along with spending for the war in Ukraine, the war in Israel, Taiwan, all kinds of other shit. Wouldn't you know it, the one thing that had to do with us, aka the border funding, has been just eliminated from the bill. Just... Bye-bye. Gone. And uh, we're left with a bill that has us spending $95 billion, uh, most of it for the war in Ukraine, another significant portion going to the Israel-Palestine conflict, which I hear is happening, and then a little bit more to Taiwan. None for the border. Uh, rest assured, absolutely nothing is happening in regards to the border as we speak. Don't you worry. It begs a question. First of all, a significant amount of Republicans supported this. I don't like the concept of what they call pork barrel legislation. Pork barrel legislation, I believe, is the term used to describe when politicians just lump a bunch of different shit together and then, you know, by getting one thing passed, they've managed to pass a whole bunch of other things that have nothing to do with each other. That's so shitty to me. It's like, the Ukraine thing, the Israel thing, the Taiwan thing, they should all be addressed on separate levels. And I don't understand what any of those things have to do with the border thing. Maybe this is a, a just a spending fucking initiative, whatever. But the border is a domestic affair. That has something to do with this country, our country, United States of America, not fucking Ukraine, 
in Europe, not Taiwan, not Israel in Asia, in, in the Middle East. No, fucking right here. Why, why was that even necessary? Like, let's get into it a little bit. First of all, weird thing number one, meeting up on Super Bowl Sunday, sketchy. Is that not sketchy? Who works on a Sunday, especially Congress? The Super Bowl uh, supposedly had the most views of any television event in history, United States history, surpassed the moon landing. More people tuned in to watch the Kansas City Kelseys and Taylor Swift's entourage of people that are definitely her best friends, such as Blake Lively, uh, Lana Del Rey, and of course, who could forget Taylor's BFF, Ice Spice. More people tune in to watch that than any other singular event in American history. Great. At the same time, our Congress was hard at work passing a $95 billion spending deal for countries that I couldn't help but notice weren't ours. Whatever. This is par for the course now. Here's another thing I want to point out. This is another thing that, that governments love doing. They love it. They can't get enough of it. More please. Giving names to shit that have nothing to do with the actual thing inside the bill. And it's become so blatant, perhaps the most blatant, perhaps the most blatant example of this was very recently, actually, not too long ago at all, um, which was the Biden administration's Inflation Reduction Act. The Inflation Reduction Act. Now, what do you think the inflation, if you had to guess, if you were from another planet and you came here and somebody said, hey, uh, this country just passed this bill called the Inflation Reduction Act. What would you think that that bill deals with? Do you perhaps, would you, would you think it would be a safe guess to assume that the Inflation Reduction Act is dealing with the reduction of inflation? I would feel, I feel like that, that would probably be what you'd be led to believe based off the name Inflation Reduction Act. But you would be wrong. You would be oh so wrong. Because the Inflation Reduction Act, let's review the key points. The House is... According, according to Senate Democrats... The bill targets clean energy and climate spending in five major areas with expenditures as follows. Considered to be one of the largest acts of climate legislation in American history. Climate legislation. Wait a second. Okay, the Inflation Reduction Act. What, what policies are instituted with the Inflation Okay, lower consumer energy costs. Okay, that's something. Okay, lower consumer energy costs. How do you plan on doing that? Um, $9 billion in consumer home energy rebate programs. Okay, okay. 10 years of, uh, how, what would those be? 10 years of consumer tax credits to make homes energy efficient and run on clean energy. Making heat pumps, rooftop solar, electric HVAC, and water heaters. Okay, so wait a second. 
Um, you're talking about giving tax rebates to people who make their home, like put solar panels on the roof. Who can do that? Who does that? How do you do that? That costs a lot of fucking money. I got a letter in the mail from BGE not too long ago saying, hey, you can, uh, you know, if you decide to do this like green energy thing, we can pop, uh, you know, it's going to make your bill cost more, but it's like good for the environment. And I'm, I, along with every other person, like, no, why? No, I'm not spending 50 more dollars a month when I'm already spending 200 fucking dollars a month for whatever it is you're trying to get me to do. So, okay, so in an effort, okay, $2 billion, $2 billion in grants to retool existing auto manufacturing facilities to manufacture clean vehicles. Up to $20 billion in loans to build new clean vehicle manufacturing facilities across the country. Okay, okay. $1 billion grant program to make affordable housing more energy efficient. This is all about lowering, wait a second, what was this section? Lower consumer energy costs? $4,000 consumer tax credit for lower slash middle income individuals to buy used electric vehicles and up to $7,500 tax credit to buy new electric vehicles. Well, this sounds like it's really going to help the working man. You know, all those working class people that can afford a $40,000 electric car, this is significantly going to reduce inflation by paying for 5% of the electric vehicle that you as the average American citizen cannot afford. And this is how we're going to reduce inflation. Okay, what else you got here, Joe? I'm seeing a lot of... I'm seeing a lot of tax credits for clean energy and uh, invest in communities and environmental justice. Well, this sounds relevant to uh, to inflation. What is this going to do? More than $20 billion to support climate smart agricultural practices. $5 billion in grants to support healthy fire resilient forests, forest conservation and urban tree planting. Tax credits and grants to support the domestic production of biofuels and to build the infrastructure needed to sustain aviation fuel and other biofuels. What? I'm sorry, I'm at a loss right now. I just read through all the key points. That I could see implementing, here's one, implementing a 15% minimum corporate tax projected to raise $313 billion. Well, wow, that's correct, folks. The reduce, the Inflation Reduction Act is a, exact quote, $369 billion clean energy project. And it looks here, don't get, don't get up yet because the good news is that this 15% minimum corporate rate tax increase is going to raise $313 billion. Why, that's almost as much as the bill costs. That's right. We're going to 
reduce inflation by printing 370 mil- billion more dollars out of thin air and then taxing domestic corporations more to pay for some of that. And that's all going to trickle down to you by having an electric car and less air pollution. And that's how we're going to reduce inflation, folks. What is that? What is that? But that's what they do. So you look at the this bill that just passed today in the Senate, not all the way. Now, I don't know what the bill is called. I know it has the name foreign aid in it. But wouldn't you know, Mitch McConnell himself, Mr. Freeze himself, has stated that the vast majority of the money outlined in this bill is going to U.S. weapons manufacturing companies. That's right, folks. Foreign aid. What we mean by foreign aid is the government giving billions of dollars to the U.S. military industrial complex of private corporations that supply us with weapons because we're supplying weapons to all these countries funding these perpetual wars. And if we're going to keep on sending missiles and rockets and tanks and guns and everything else to Ukraine and Israel and Taiwan, well, somebody's going to have to make more. And it's just such a shame. I mean, I feel, I just want to extend a hand of appreciation, just a, a slow clap for these brave, tireless weapons manufacturing companies for always taking up the front line, always being, hey man, you know what? If we have to accept another $50 billion to create more bombs and missiles after you drop the other ones on various countries, then we will do that. If that is what we have to do, I hate, I don't like it. I don't like that I have to make billions of dollars. I mean, this is almost as heroic as the pharmaceutical companies during COVID who bore the cross of having to triple their stock prices by creating a very safe and very effective vaccine. Don't use, don't, a very safe and very effective vaccine. And, and they, they had to get, they, and then, and then the government said, well, we're going to, I know you don't want to hear this, but we're going to try to make every single person in the country have to take your product. And we're going to pay you that money to supply it to every American citizen. And the pharmaceutical company says, oh man, you're asking a lot, man. That's going to be tough for us. I really don't like the sounds of having to get paid for 330 million doses of the vaccine that we're developing. But if that's what we have to do, 
By golly, we're going to do it. I mean, this is on that level, almost. These weapons manufacturing companies. That's what this is. That's what this is. I'm enough with the sarcasm, okay? It's Tuesday. Wealth extraction. Redistribution of wealth, whatever you want to call it, that's what this is. They have a billion ways to do it. They have a million ways to get it. But at the end of the day, it always comes down to taking your money and giving it to their special interests. Whether those be the pharmaceutical companies or those may be uh, the weapons manufacturers or the unions or whatever it is. The job of the people in power, the, the, the politicians, is to steal from you and give to someone else. And look, here's the other, here's the other thing that you really need to realize about, about uh, uh, how this stuff really works, at least from my perspective. I'm not claiming to know everything, but you, if you don't already know, you would be amazed at how actually stupid so many of the people in our political class are. These are not evil people. They're not smart enough to be evil. They are what are referred to by Karl Marx in the Communist Manifesto as useful idiots. They benefit from having a job in the public sphere and serving political office, but they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They see where the money comes in. This guy donated. He wants me to pass this thing. Okay, I'll pass this thing. And, and, and a lot of them, some of them are corrupt. Some of them are fully aware of what they're doing. Some of them are willfully and consciously passing laws that they know are not good for the American people or our interests as a country, but they know it benefits them, so they do it anyway. But I wouldn't even, I would argue that most of them aren't even that smart. I don't think that most of them even know when they vote yes on this bill. I don't even think they're really fucking reading it half the time. I don't think that they could actually discuss in thorough detail, all these people could actually discuss in thorough detail every single in and out of the plan. So it's not, it's not like, you know, every senator is some fucking evil, owl-worshipping, uh, you know, Bohemian Grove fucking reptilian whatever. No, it's just all the kids who, who went to your high school that were like B students who grew up and became politicians who have no idea of how shit actually works. They spend their life climbing the ranks in these political parties. They work their way up to the next fucking position by towing the party line, doing what they're told, just like you do at your company. Trying to get another promotion, 
Oh, good. I got promoted to supervisor. Great. How'd you do that? Did you get promoted to supervisor by being the fucking rogue fuck you guy at the company that said, I'm going to do shit my way. I don't care what you fucking think. And your boss came in and said, I like your style. I like when I told you to do this and implement this policy. You just said, fuck you, boss. <laughs> Doing my own thing. I like that. You know what? You're CEO. I'm firing myself. Yeah, that's how. That's certainly how it works. Especially in politics. No, you work your way up to that place by doing what you're fucking told. You get to these positions. You look at these fucking bills that have billion dollars for this thing, $60 billion for this thing, and you just vote yes. Because everybody, the chief job of a person in political office is to stay in political office. Once you're in office, you spend your entire term trying to make sure that you can be voted in again. So you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to piss anyone off. The best thing you can possibly do in Congress, in a position of power, of political office, is to just not be noticed. If you could go an entire career without ever being noticed, you have succeeded as a senator or a representative or whatever, a mayor, whatever. You have done your job. We vote for these people. They get in office. They have a bill that includes spending for Ukraine, spending for uh, Israel, spending for Taiwan and the border. And the only thing that most regular Americans actually give a shit about of those four things is the border because it actually affects us here at home, even though nobody really wants to talk about it. Where does this money come from? You may ask. Well, we are in a multi-trillion dollar debt. I, don't, I can't even put a number on it. It's like something insane. Let's look it up real quick, just so I'm not out here talking, talking bullshit here. U.S. debt. They have like a ticker online. What U.S. debt real time ticker or something. Let's see. U.S. national debt clock real time. And okay, this is the most ridiculous fucking graphic I've ever seen in my life. Where is the fucking answer, dude? Okay, thirty-four point two trillion debt per citizen, one hundred and one thousand dollars eight hundred and twenty. One hundred and one thousand eight hundred and twenty dollars per United States citizen. That is our current national debt. It's to the point right now where it's not even, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Like the original idea of taxes, this may, this may seem so foreign to the, a person that grew up in this time period. But countries, governments do not have their own money. Governments get money from you. That's what taxes are. That's why you go to work and you work a certain amount of hours a week at a certain wage and then you get a check that isn't that wage. It's less because a portion of that money every week when you get a paycheck is withheld by the government. The government takes a portion 
of every person in the United States who works or makes any form of money in any way. That used to be how we paid for shit. We used to have to structure the country in a way where we could only spend, we could only have government programs for the things that we could afford based off of the amount of productivity that was going on in the country, the amount we could tax people. We couldn't spend unlimited amounts of money on random bullshit because that that spending had to be backed by taxpayers. And you couldn't, at a certain point, people were going to fight back if you were going to, well, you know, we want to introduce this other program. It's going to cost X amount more dollars, which means we're going we're to have to raise your taxes. People go, no, we're not going to, no, we can't, we're not paying for that. And so that was used to be the check and or balance of, of where, of how the government was kind of held to only be able to, to create spending for things we could actually afford, not create a bunch of fucking ridiculous government programs that achieve nothing for anybody other than putting money and lining the pockets of a few people, not getting into endless wars, um, not not doing all the fucking things we do now. But why can we do that now? Well, we can do it now because it's not based off of the taxes anymore. See, we have a Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve controls our money supply. It's a private company. It's a private bank. And the government comes to the Federal Reserve and says, Hey, hey, Fed, hey, Fed, hi. Can we get, can we get $95 billion, please? And the Fed goes, <laughs> all right, girl, yeah. You're just going to have to pay it back, you know, interest. <laughs> and then, boom, the Fed goes back to their fucking money printer, which isn't a money printer. We're not printing money here, by the way, folks. What is this, 1991? 97% of all dollars in the global economy in circulation are just computer numbers. Only 3% of the money, maybe even less, is actual tangible cash money, like a dollar bill. If you took all the cash that exists, every dollar bill, every coin in circulation, it would amount to something like 3% of all the dollars and whatever that exist in the global economy. So they're not printing. There's not fucking... No. It's a number. It's as simple as just typing in a number. Boom, money. Pow, money. Imagine if you could do that. Oh, man, I'm going to be late on rent uh, this month. I don't have it. Oh, wait. Yeah, I do. Boom. $2,000 just like that. What do you know? And that sounds preposterous. That's because it is. But it's not that you can just invent money out of nothing. I mean, you can, but not without consequences. See, when you just create money, 
and inject it into the economy. When the government says we're going to spend $95 trillion on shit that the average American citizen does not have as a number one priority, we're going to spend $0 on, on anything that has to do with our main issue. Of course. Obviously. But we are going to spend $95 billion on this fucking shit. And the average American citizen is already $101,000 in debt to the world economy because of our national debt. So we can't raise taxes anymore. People are already barely getting by. But luckily, we don't have to raise taxes. We can get this money a different way, which is just invent money out of thin air and that's how you have inflation. Remember inflation from the Inflation Reduction Act? Believe it or not, inflation has nothing to do with, um, with uh, fossil fuel emissions, as you might believe having read the Inflation Reduction Act and noticed that the entire act uh, was focused on climate change and electric vehicles and solar panels and things like that. You might be led to believe that inflation... Um, has something to do with pollution or something like that, you would be wrong because inflation actually has to do with the economy and the value of the dollar, which I couldn't help but notice ha was not at all mentioned in the Inflation Reduction Act. So don't, don't blame yourself for that. An honest mistake. But yes, inflation has to do with money. What happens when you inject random new money out of thin air into an economy. Well, you've now diluted the value of the dollar. Let's say you and a few buddies decide to start your own little mini economy. Let's say there's 10 of you. So there's 10, 10 of you. You all start your little mini economy where you got, you know, your fruits and vegetables and, and you know, whatever. It's a very primitive, basic, you know, baseline economy, right? And you each have $1. So there's 10 of you with $1 each. That means in the entire economy, there are $10. $10 represents the value of all the goods and services that can be bought and sold within your economy. For all intents and purposes, your entire economy is valued at $10. If you have $1, you possess 10% of the purchasing power of the entire economy. So let's say one of your buddies, let's call him Fred, Federal Reserve. Fred! Fred can print money, baby. Y'all must have forgot. Fred can just print more money. Sure, you have your dollar. That guy has his dollar. But Fred, Fred's got that money printer. He's got that money tree. So Fred says, fuck it. I'm printing 10 more dollars. And I'll pass it to myself and a couple of my, my buddies couple of my people, people in my inner circle, you know, maybe this is the metaphor for the, you know, the 
Federal Reserve printing the politicians all sitting there passing bills. Oh, we need more spending for uh, this thing, uh, the Pfizer and and uh, more weapons manufacturing. Here you go, pal. Here's some money that I just printed out of nowhere for your business. That kind of thing. So Fred prints more money out of thin air. And now Fred and his pals, let's say he prints $10 more. So now there's just $10 more in your economy. You're, you didn't get any more money. You still have your $1. There's still the same amount of stuff in the economy in terms of actual tangible goods and services, which was formerly valued at $10. But now Fred has just magically printed $10 more. Now there's $20 in circulation in your economy. Again, this has not made it to you. There's somebody sitting there with more money in their account that they're able to do shit. This is not working its way all around evenly as one might imagine. So your $1, which formerly represented one-tenth or 10% of all the money and all the value in your economy... It gave you the purchasing power to purchase the equivalent of one-tenth of all goods and services that exist in your little mini economy. It gave you a 10% stock holding in the economy. That was your share. Well, that share has now been cut in half because now there's $20 in the economy. Now this $1 no longer represents 10% of the purchasing power. You're no longer a 10% shareholder in the economy. Think of a dollar like a sh- like a stock share. A dollar is a stock share. We always talk about the dollar's going up, the dollar's going down. It's no different than than uh than you know uh Tesla going up or Tesla going down. If the company is valued more, the price goes up. If the company is valued less, the price goes down. The American dollar is just the same. So this $1 that you had, which formerly represented a 10% shareholding in your little mini economy, now represents a 5% shareholding. Your dollar, the value of your dollar has been cut in half simply by the act of Fred... Fred, the Fed, printing 10 more dollars out of thin air and injecting into the economy. So in effect, Fred and the people that were in his inner circle that, that, that got a piece of that extra 10 bucks that he distributed out and funneled out through spending bills. Well, we need to make more money for this. Here, you take that. They were able to steal your wealth without taking a single dollar out of your pocket. They were able to steal your wealth simply by adding a dollar to theirs. Subtraction by addition. You have the same amount of money you always had. Yet suddenly, that same amount of money gets you half as much. You have been robbed. And you don't even know it. There are two ways to tax your citizens if you are the government. You can A, tax them, Or B, print money 
and make the money they do have worth less. So you can either take money from them or create money, which makes the money they have worth the amount they would have had if you would have just taken it in the first place. Fun fact. Let's pull up the old inflation calculator here. I love the inflation calculator. I've already done this calculation. Look at this. This is fun. 2019. The last year before COVID. If you had $1,000 in 2019, that is the equivalent of $1,206 today. There you go. There's your inflation calculator. See that? 2019, $1,000 is now $1,206.37. 20.6% rise in inflation in the past four years from 2019 to now. What does that mean? Well, first of all, it means that $1,200 is the new grand. It's the new $1,000. $1,200 right now, $1,206 right now gets you the same amount in 2024 that $1,000 got you in 2019. The value of your dollar has gone down by 20%. Why? Because of COVID spending, because of ridiculous bullshit like the $370 billion Inflation Reduction Act, because of foreign aid to fucking Ukraine, because all of that is just money printed out of thin air that we don't actually have, that we're paying back at interest to to central banks all over the world, including our own. And if they would have come to you and said, hey, look, we want to spend $6 trillion on this. We want to spend $400 billion on, uh, on this uh, climate change shit. We want to spend $100 billion on the war in Ukraine and Israel and Taiwan and all this other bullshit. And the way we're going to do it is by... Um, charging you a 20% tax on top of the taxes you already pay. So just imagine how much did you pay in taxes this year? Every person in America would have said, no. No. I can't do that. I can't afford that. I can't pay my taxes and then have you take 20% more money out of my account. If you had $1,000 in your bank account and you woke up the next morning and you saw the 200 of it had vanished and you came to find that the IRS or the United States government just took $200 out of your bank account and what used to be 1000 is now 800 you would be pissed. What the fuck, dude? You just stole $200 from me. You just stole 20% of my wealth. Everyone would be furious because that would be the case. But the sneaky little thing about inflation is you get to keep the same number in your bank account. It just is worth 20% less. So you still get to look at that $1,000. Meanwhile, your rent has gone up 20%. 
your energy bills have gone up 20%, your groceries have gone up 20%, every single thing you do on a daily basis has gone up 20%. So that $1,000 doesn't mean $1,000 anymore. It doesn't get you what $1,000 used to get. You're looking at the same number, but that same number doesn't get you what that number used to get. And that's how they steal wealth from you. Because this money gets printed by the Federal Reserve, allocated to the government, at which point they distribute it out to whatever fucking private interests benefit from this $95 billion spending deal. They put the money in their bank accounts and they do whatever they have to do. Turn that into more money. Meanwhile, did are you seeing any of that $95 billion? No, you still have the same fucking amount of money in your bank account. But now there's just $100 billion more dollars out there. Gradually and steadily lowering the amount of money that your money is actually worth. Lowering the amount of value that your money is actually worth. We are all 20% poorer than we were four years ago. Again, if you made $100,000 in 2019 and you woke up And you saw that this year you made $80,000. You'd say, what the fuck? They stole 20% of my salary. Well, guess what? If you're still making the same amount as you were four years ago, or better yet, fuck that. If you're not making 20% more than you were four years ago, You are poorer. That's simple. Again, average median household um, individual income is $50,000. 20% of 50, 20% more is $60,000, $10,000 more. So if the average American who was making $50,000 is not now making $60,000, they're poorer. And spoiler alert, they're not. They're not making 20% more. The average American, most people are not making 20% more than they did a few years ago. And here's the kicker. Even if you are, that just means you broke even. That just means that congratulations, you just got a 20% raise over the past four years just to be in the same exact financial position you were in four years ago. You just climbed 20% to stay at the same level. It's like walking up a down escalator. You're at the same spot. But because that's how they get their money, people, it's such a slow and steady process. You just start to, everybody's feeling, are you not feeling it? Are you not feeling the financial burden right now? Am I alone in that? The average American is feeling it. The economy's not doing well. I don't care what anybody says. It's not. 
people don't have any money to put away. The average person is making the same amount of money they made a few years ago as every single thing in their life has increased in cost. And if they were able to put away 20% of their salary per month into their savings, now they're spending all of that just to stay afloat. And that's if they're lucky. Because the people that were living paycheck to paycheck four years ago, which is a lot, if not most people, can't even say that. They're going underwater. Because with every passing day, our government continues to print more and more money and distribute it to everyone in the world except you. You're out of here. You get a billion dollars. You get a billion dollars. You get a billion dollars. Fuck you. You're going broke, bitch, and you're going to fucking like it. The border? Who cares about the border, you racist piece of fucking shit? What do you care about the border? What do you care if 8,000 people a fucking day are coming illegally into the country and God knows what else? What do you care where they're from? What their demographics are? We're not including that in the fucking bill. Fuck you. Anyway, folks, we had a good night last night on the gambling front. We really did. We did We did well. We did well. We kind of had a rough weekend, a losing weekend. We've been down a unit or so for uh, pretty much since we started. Um, but we're up now. Duke uh, covers minus seven against Wake Forest last night. Uh, that was a nice 1.36 unit profit. Kansas and Texas Tech hit the under 144 and a half. No problem. No problem. Kansas got blown the fuck out. They were missing a pretty key starter, but I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Um, so that was another 1.36 units. Um, Towson covers the minus 11 and a half over Elon. Easy as pie. The Towson boys, Towson tough. Uh, so that was us 1.2 unit there. We did lose the no sweat bet, but do I look like I'm sweating about it? Nope. No sweat. That's why it's there. That's right. The Raptors minus six obviously did not cover. They got blown the fuck out. 122 to 99. So instead of winning by more than six, they lost by 23. Good job, Toronto. Um, but that means we get a bonus bet today. That's right. Um, I got fucked up with the math on this a while ago. Um, but we are going to count this as a unit loss for the time being. Because what happens is when you, let's say $10, that's what I, I think that's a nice number to work with. $10 is what I normally get as my max wager for these bonus bets or whatever. So 
you bet $10 no sweat, um, you lose, now you're, you're out $10. What you have now received is a $10 bonus bet. You can't cash that for $10. You have to bet that bonus bet in order to win your money back. So if you lose, you lose, you've lost $10. Because you lost the 10, you get a bonus bet, you lost the bonus bet, you're done. If you win, let's say you bet on a plus 100 bet, which is win what you bet. So bet 100, win 100, whatever. Bet 10, win 10. And you win, you, that $10 bonus bet now gets converted into $10 again. So now you're just back to zero. You have not made $10. Right now we are down $10 with a chance to win it back or some of it back. So I will be counting that as a negative one unit, but that's the only loss of the night last night. As of right now, we profited like two point, almost three units last night. So our overall is at 1.34 units since we launched this last week. Uh, Nine bets so far, that's a 14.89% yield. That's a pretty good fucking yield. Now, obviously, you know, whatever. But for now, I'm going to talk shit. Does your, that's better than your retirement account. Does your retirement account have a 14.89% yield over the course of six days? I don't think so. Vanguard, I'm looking at you. So that's pretty sweet. And on the bright side, we have this $10 bonus bet to throw tonight. So there's a chance to win that back too. So let's fucking ride, baby. And I'm saying let's ride on Butler plus 4.5. The butt. Master William. Jeffrey. Cha-ching. The butler. Mr. Wayne. That's right. Butler's pretty nice. Marquette's nice, but Butler's pretty nice. My model has him as one and a half point underdogs. DraftKings is being annoying right now. They're like the only sports book that isn't giving plus four and a half. They're still sitting at plus four. But I, I they if they are going to move, it's going to move in that direction to four and a half. So if you're patient and you want to wait around and see what happens, maybe catch it at four and a half. It may or may not go there. In any case, if you get plus four, great. Um, that's good. That's still a two and a half point edge on the on the uh on the market. So uh, uh according to me. Um so yeah butler plus four and a half for for that bonus bet against Marquette. Uh as far as new boosts we got a DraftKings all sports boost. Um, that's 50%. I'm going college basketball again. I got to throw it on my, my boys at Wisconsin. That's right. Wisconsin minus nine versus, uh, Ohio state tonight. Um, my model shows them as minus 10. So one point edge with that 50% boost doesn't matter anyway. It's EV. So, uh, hopefully you're starting to learn that. Um, yeah, Wisconsin minus nine versus Ohio state got that boosted to plus 133. So that's pretty sweet. And on MGM, they're hitting us with a 33% NBA boost, which I think I'm just going to have to throw on the, the Kings plus five and a half. That's the most, I think, predictable game tonight, the least injuries, if any at all. Uh, that's against the Suns. My model has them as four and a half point underdogs, so plus five and a half is a pretty solid deal to me, especially with that boost. Uh, got that at plus 115 after all was said and done. So there you have it, folks. Uh, we're sitting at positive 1.34 units after nine bets. Um, tonight's picks throw that bonus bet, uh, from last night on Butler plus four slash four and a half, whatever you get. 
uh, 50% DraftKings boost on Wisconsin, minus 9, and the 33% MGM NBA boost on the Kings, plus 5.5. Things are looking up in the land down under, folks. Till next time, peace.